Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Not the voice of Steve Kerr, head coach of the Golden State Warriors, but the voice that may have resonated the most in sports yesterday after what we saw happen was one of his colleagues, Doc Rivers. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests this morning will join us on the Goodyear Hotline. And if the first hour is any indication, they are, of course, here to talk about their sport, what their expertise is in that sport, but if there is a way to tie into this discussion and a personal experience that they have, we'll certainly get that as well as we transcend the world of sports when is needed. And on this day, I certainly think it is mandatory. Fellas, I want to get your comments on this in just a second, but I want you to listen to this from Doc Rivers, some historical perspective as he reaches back in time to a period that many of us know about through history class and through school books, tying it in to this day in 2021 we all witnessed. With Phil and me, and I said this earlier, is if Martin Luther King had said, I have a dream today, and then said, now let's go storm the Capitol, there would have been bloodshed. Uh, and so, um, you know, watching how that unfolded and how peaceful it was in some ways, other than there was a lady that lost her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just tells you that we can handle things differently. And, um, you know, when black people in the past have protested, they've called them looters and rioters. Uh, today, they kept calling them protesters for the most part. Key, your thoughts on this. There were 11 games in the NBA last night. All 11 went on. Doc's old team, of course, the Clippers. You had Paul George, Marcus Morris come out and say they weren't comfortable playing. The Celtics walked off the floor. We should mention, though, that there was no thought of not playing that game either. They came back on the floor. All 11 were played. That's just something I want to mention. It's a small thing, but as we talk about a league that is more African-American than any of the other four major, that is just an important piece of context to put in. You, you know, I understand, you know, Paul George's feelings, I can't in, in, in Morris's feelings because they're individuals. I get it, but certainly the league should play. I mean, they, they, why give in to stupidity? Why cave in to that? That's what they want to see. They want to see you come off the court and not play and, and because now they'll feel like all those people that we saw at the Capitol, they'll feel like that they've gotten you exactly where they want you, that, that you're listening to that rhetoric that's going on and you're paying attention to it. The strongest way to do it is continue to play, send that message. Use that platform because pre-post, pre-game, post-game, during the game, people are watching and seeing and hearing and listening. So why not play the games, Jay? Why not continue in the fight through it that way? Um, you know, and, and I'm sure it's tough for those guys emotionally to play with things like they saw prior to the game on their television screens. I'm sure it was tough sitting in the locker room waiting to go take the floor and looking at the television screens and seeing some of the chaos that was going on and the whatever they want to call it, protest or whatever the word you want to use to describe the chaos that was in D.C. And so you play. You absolutely play. I love PG. PG's having a hell of a year thus far, too. I think he's responding back to the way he finished the season last year. But I don't know what the hell he's talking about here, and I, I adamantly disagree with him. That, that old line, Zubin, out of sight, out of mind, is, is real. The media is a weapon. You can utilize it. The NBA has been probably your biggest advocate. Look at all professional leagues, MLB, NFL, NBA, 
NHL, the NBA by far is the most progressive. They have allowed their players to have a platform. They were even catching so much heat. People were talking about, hey, viewership is down because they're constantly promoting Black Lives Matter. They're constantly giving them the biggest platform during the summer when there was a pandemic for them to address issues head on constantly. They even established a fund, $300 million, $30 million per team to help the economic improvement of the black community. So I don't know why you want to bite the hand that is helping you ultimately achieve the goal that's helping you get there. So Look, once again, I love Paul George, but damn right you play. Like, look, we talked about last night, Miami, Boston. They came out with a statement. Doc Rivers, we're running with that again today. Talking about the Bucks and the Pistons. They all took a knee last night. I saw Giannis throw the ball out of bounds. They took a knee for like 20 seconds in the game. We're running with content like that. So once again, if you have a platform, continue to utilize it. Don't just say, I don't want to play. I don't think that continues to carry over. And there's not a trickle down effect of the amplification of the words that you continue to speak. And, and, and you know, again, from I don't know the state of mind that these young men are in because I'm here in New York. They're wherever they are playing basketball. And I'm sure that they're frustrated. They're tired of dealing with it. They probably want to just take a, a, a moment to, to, to breathe a little bit. But you take the floor and you play. Because if you give those individuals that was at the Capitol exactly what it is that they want, guess what? They win. They win in the end. And you don't do that. That's why when, when they went back in last night to cast their votes, that was the best thing they could do. Don't go away. Let me just say this. There's been 138 days between both of those instances in the NBA. August 23rd, 138 days ago, when the Bucks walked off the floor, the NBA halted for a couple of days. It stopped the sports world. It started an avalanche where in sports like the National Hockey League and Major League Baseball, where you see virtually no level of protest. To Jay's point, there was a residual effect of what we saw back on that day. The WNBA, other leagues that have been associated with the Black Lives Matter movement, with uplifting all people, also said we're not playing yesterday you're right was a little bit different 138 days later but this is something I've been thinking about for a long time and this is something that I think needs to be said because of the power of athletes okay Uh, yesterday in Washington it was very political so let me give you one of the most famous political quotes in the history of our country in the final weeks of the 1980 presidential election between Jimmy Carter and Ronald Reagan Ronald Reagan uttered this sentence, and it changed everything. He was talking about the economy, but this is where we're talking about life. Do you remember what he said? Carter was gaining on him, and Reagan simply said to Jimmy Carter at their only debate, only one, on October 28, 1980, he looked right at Jimmy Carter and said to the American people, are you better off today than you were four years ago? And that was an economic question. In 2021, it's a social justice question. For all of the money people have made playing sports, are you still better off today than you were four years ago? LeBron James is not immune. There are epithets and spray paint outside of his house despite being a global icon. Are you better off today than you were four uh, four years ago? Sports has a unique place in the American and world sporting culture. The five most famous people in this world, you could argue, are the president, his predecessor as president, the pope, and Messi and Ronaldo. I'm not joking about that. I understand Michael Jordan. There's too much of the world that's too young (laughs) for MJ. 
Those are the five most people in the world. You can make an argument. That's the case. That's the power of sports. So when Muhammad Ali said, listen, I don't want to participate in what's going on with the war, that resonated incredibly. When Arthur Ashe said, you have to understand what's going on with HIV, it resonated incredibly. Even in our small little toy department of sports, when Kurt Flood said, I got a crazy idea, and if you're too young for Kurt Flood, look him up. I got a crazy idea. You know, we should be able to play where we want to play. That developed into something called free agency. Mm-hmm. And how much hmm. has that changed sports? Ali, Ash, Flood. What I'm afraid of now is when NBA players kneel and MLB players kneel and hockey players kneel and college athletes kneel, the world used to stop and listen to them. And after what I saw yesterday, even though they've got the largest platform and people love athletes because it's our release, we wish we could be what Key and Jay were. We look up to those people. And right now, sadly, those people, despite doing and saying the right things, as evidenced by yesterday, are not having the impact that sports stars of the previous generation had. And that's what I'm most alarmed about. Zubin, I know we're going to break. We need more time to discuss that because I actually, I disagree with you. We should get into it. Yeah, I I really do think there is a major impact and there is a huge awakening that's occurring. We're just actually becoming more aware of the underlying belly of the beast. Well, we'll do that next. If you can hang with us, I know it's a busy day. People are explaining things to their kids. People are trying to move on with their lives after some lives were lost yesterday. I'm excited and interested to hear Jay Will's perspective. I hope you are too. And we'll do it right after this on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Super Bowl champion, Damian Woody, join us on the Goodyear Hotline. He'll be with us coming up here in about 13 minutes to look ahead to Super Wild Card Weekend as they're dubbing it. There are so many questions up in the air. Frankly, there's a great talking point for all six games. We'll dig into it with Damian coming up at 7.30 a.m. 
Eastern. Mm-hmm. In our previous segment, I had essentially just posited that I thought the great, great athletes of previous generations, the legends that went far beyond sports because they realized the platform they had could impact far beyond athletics like the late, great Muhammad Ali, Kurt Flood, Arthur Ashe, by the way, all three African-Americans we should bring to the table to talk about everything that they were able to do and change the world, the world of sports and the world of society at large because of what they did athletically. And I essentially said, I just don't think today's athletes, through no fault of their own, through no fault of their own, just are not being able to gather the rest of society the way that those guys did when they were able to make the world stop a generation ago. I threw it out there. Jay disagrees. Jay, I'd love to hear your perspective, of course, as a former collegiate and professional athlete that played at the highest level. So Zubin, my dad has always watched the news. I was born in 1981. I can remember since I being a little kid, two, three years old, sitting in front of the news at a designated time at night to watch the news. Now, it didn't seem like there were a lot of crazy news channels on right at that time, but it felt like it was something that a lot of people did as a community together. That's You had one or two places where you got your source of information, and that allowed you to be on the same page. So when Jim Brown or when other people, Muhammad Ali, things of that sort happened, these were massive stories, but there was one or two sites that you actually went to to actually gather that information. I think right now, the marketplace is so oversaturated in the media with optionality that it's allowed you to have different factions. You go to one place that you like to watch your, your news, right? So I think that can skew your perspective about what you feel is going on in the world because you're only listening to one entity, right, that you choose to go to that is telling you what you need to pay attention to, right, depending upon how they want to push you or where they want to push you. The conscious awakening and awareness of the athlete in today's generation is bigger than it's ever been before. I've had political, I've had media conversations with athletes who are 21, 22, 23 years old who have watched what LeBron James has created more than a boat. I'll give you a prime example. Jalen Brown. If you ever listen to Jalen Brown for the Boston Celtics talk, he is one of the most informed individuals, not only about things that are happening nationally, but even at a local level, at a local level about what's happening in his own community. So I think now that you have athletes that are more informed, you may not see it as much if you go to your one faction to watch the news, but they're actually inserting themselves into what's happening at the local level. They're actually aware and they're actually knowledgeable about things that are going on. Whereas I could say maybe 20 years ago, you might have had a few that maybe made comments about it. But think about the athlete evolution, man. Focus on your craft, right? That's going to take away from your craft. Now, all of a sudden, these athletes, they're being asked to uh, articulate what's actually occurring, and they're being forced to understand from a foundational level, I need to understand the history of what's happening. I need to understand how I can be involved and activate, not just say something, but actually activate. So I, I know that's how you feel, Zubin, but I do truly fear that it is more aware and the conscious level of it is so heightened right now, it's the best it's ever been. So don't let that one faction confuse you about actually what's occurring on the ground level because well, it's not the case. I, I, it, it's, it's different than it was in those years that Zubin is talking about when you say it stopped the world. Muhammad Ali stopped everything. There's a, it's a different scenario, though. It was I'm not going to deal with a war, right? I mean, that was back then where they were grabbing – Indian everybody. They're not approaching professional athletes to go to a war now. So 
it's a little bit different. I think the messages are still out there, and I think professional athletes in general are doing a hell of a job at getting that message to small sections of their communities or small sections of the world. Um, but you do have an excellent point. There's no question about it. I would also say it's just a matter of, Jay, what do you want someone to be? I think you hit the nail on the head. We are now expecting our athletes to be agents of change because if I'm the average Joe or the average Jane sitting at home, I'm thinking to myself, my goodness, if I had this stage, I would certainly talk. So that's extrapolated to if you have that stage, you've got to say something, although that's an individual choice. We are now asking athletes to be agents of change, whether they're comfortable or uncomfortable doing it. And I think a lot of them are comfortable doing it. And I think a lot of them have been doing it, much like Jay said. There's so many different platforms that we go to. You know, it could be a small one. It could be a large one. And it also depends on whether the media want to pick up what you say and push what you say. Because exactly. it's all about the clickbait, as you know. You know, what do we if, if we talk Kevin Durant and LeBron James, woo! We talk Tom Brady, woo, Aaron Rodgers, woo. If we talk somebody like Jared Goff, eh. Nobody it's like, eh. It just depends on who the individual is, where that individual is placed. And what outlet wants to pick it up? And Zubin, I would say, you know, think about when you scroll through social media, right? You well, know, Zubin just, won't scroll through social media. Because he's not on social media. <laughs> you're exactly almost right. behind me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm but far I, behind you. I say, Key, you're exactly right. The things that go viral are things that are extremely polarizing, right? Like you're not hearing somebody talk about economic recovery. That's not going viral if you hear an athlete talk about that. But you hear something, LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan. Viral. Viral. Right. So I, I feel like depending upon how you articulate that message depends upon how many people hear it and how many people pick it up in today's world. That's a great point. I want to also mention one thing. If you're with us earlier, we played a comment from Doc Rivers pregame um, about essentially what he thought. And we've heard from Steve Kerr and athletes have weighed in. Brad Stevens, of all people, had incredible comments as well yesterday, the white head coach of the Boston Celtics. And I'm not saying this is a black-white issue, but it just goes to show everybody. Brad has been about as close to the vest and quiet as he's ever been, and he was willing to weigh in, Key. And I didn't hear Brad Stevens, but guess who I heard? Doc Rivers. Indeed. You heard Doc Rivers. Exactly. I want to mention this particular point, and this is really important when you think about it. One of the biggest things, let me take you behind the curtain and why what's going to happen moving forward in sports is so important. I'm going to take you behind the curtain at ESPN, CBS, Fox, NBC. One of the biggest concerns all media companies have, whether it's NBC, Fox, CNN, we're talking sports, we're talking news, we're melding both today. We are scared to death that they're going to cut out the middleman. So, for example, if Doc Rivers spoke 10 years ago, somebody at ESPN, NBC, CBS, at Fox would sit inside what we call an edit bay, and Doc talk for seven minutes. Somebody has the epic power to decide hmm. what 30 seconds millions of Americans will see or hear. Now you know what's happening? The Sixers, the Clippers with Doc or Paul George or LeBron with his uninterrupted, all of these platforms, they are bypassing the media. They are saying, we are not going to let you determine what we say. I'm going to press a button with my thumb, and millions of people will be able to take their thumb, click on the play button, and I will talk for 13 minutes and 47 seconds. Not 47 seconds on TV. I'll talk for an hour straight if I want to. And that's the power athletes now yield. They are going directly to the fans 
or directly to the voters or directly to people. Those are all the same thing. And that is super important. The athletes have finally realized athletes have been sleeping giants for years. They have finally realized how much power they really yield. Yeah, it's pretty obvious if Michael Jordan walks down the street, he's going to get mobbed. That goes to show you the level of fame he still has, even though it's been a couple decades since he's played in the NBA. Athletes, particularly athletes in this generation, Jay, are finally discovering, you think we had some power? Or, Key, you think we have some power? We, this is the tip of the iceberg with what we could possibly do. Well, that's take. because it's readily available to you now, right? I mean, we didn't, 25 years ago, it wasn't. There was not all of these But platforms. they're leveraging that. That's what now, I'm saying. Yeah, but now you, now you can leverage it. It's, in, it's there for you to leverage. It's in your hands. Like you said, you click the button. There was no Twitter and no, no Instagram and, and TikTok and all this other stuff that people use. But it's there now. All, we had to depend on the traditional news outlets, like you said, Zubin, that had somebody sitting in an edited bay that decided, I don't like that. I like that. Let's squish that together. Let's give it 15 seconds and go. But Zubin, I would just add to your point. I think that's why context is so important. I think we need to continue to preach how important context is, right? Because we all have fallen victim to, to, to click baiting every once in a while. But my thing is when you control the whole narrative, media companies still take that 30 second clip even from like, look, I did it with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman. We had the boardroom, right? Like I would still see companies take clips from full length conversations that we had to run with the clip. And a lot of times that becomes the full narrative instead of listening to the actual narrative that actually occurred. So I think that's almost a systemic issue of where we are right now because we all have uh, attention issues. Like we only want to listen to things in, in 20 second sound bites. Like we never want to hear the, the whole length of conversation anymore. And I think we need to try to find a way to revert that, to get back to full length conversations so we can understand context. Indeed. We should mention, of course, the reaction was fast and furious. Like I said, people like Mike Budenholzer, Brad Stevens, white NBA coach. The white head coach of the Boston Celtics. Right. Think about made a that. comment. Think, yeah, exactly. Think about that. Right. And if you know kind of the history with Boston and integration, again, another historical lesson. I don't need to go down that path, but that is a city that has grappled with racism with some of its biggest athletes for years and years. So for Stevens to make that comment, for Budenholzer to make that comment, and then obviously having somebody like Doc Rivers, whose father, Grady, was a police officer for 30 years in a black working class suburb of Chicago, to have all of those people voice their opinion is something. And to the point of social media, now everyone can voice their opinion. We'll have a Super Bowl champion who will give his opinion on Super Wild Card Weekend. But first, this SportsCenter update. Good morning. Bradley Beal had a great night. Scored 60 in a loss. It's like the old Iverson thing. He scores 50, but they lost, right? And speaking of Iverson, it came in a loss to the Sixers. Sixers are on fire, by the way. They're 7-1. and one. They got the most wins in the NBA. They're off to a great start. But Beal lit it up for There you 16. go, Jay. There's your Sixers. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Key. More NBA on the way throughout the morning. i got to keep an eye on a couple of teams, like the Knicks are playing some good ball. We'll get into it throughout the course of the week, but that's your big NBA headline. Beal 60 in a loss. This is another headline that's tough because it's a loss for Markel Fultz. He's got a... ACL injury, he's done. You might remember, people thought he was done right out of the gate. He was the first overall pick, lost his shot, came back, got traded, signed a three-year, $50 million contract. One of the great rebirths in the NBA. 
but now it hits the skids once again, but he's overcome adversity once. Maybe it'll happen again. Remember, they're also missing Jonathan Isaac, who is an ACL injury as well. And in probably the least surprising sports news, at least of yesterday, Trevor Lawrence officially declared for the NFL draft, did it on social media. We just spent 15 minutes talking about social media. You could take your thumb and press a button and see Trevor Lawrence say, I'm going to the NFL draft. 34-2 and as a starter, of course, had his career come to an end last week in the college football playoff as a Heisman finalist and will go down no matter what as one of the best quarterbacks of his era. And SportsCenter is brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Look, we all accidentally damage our phones. It happens. Now, Straight Talk Wireless new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection. Just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protection terms and conditions at assurion.com slash trade talk limitations and exclusions apply it's super unfortunate you think about the success and all of the things that's going cleveland's way there's no indication from the league that they are going to move this game it's going to be played as scheduled sunday night without Savansky on the sideline they, they do, do not, not have, have a chance, chance to win this game. game it kind of feels like a lot of these times and moments in, in cleveland browns history where it feels like it always happens to this franchise and now it's the week of the virus and of course what they're referencing is the unprecedented situation that you have a coach take you through the entire regular season and somebody else will coach their first perhaps first a few playoff games if it goes well in cleveland damian woody joins us this morning on the goodyear hotline whether you're on the field the edge of your seat goodyear wants you to embrace the unexpected every upset touchdown or fourth quarter comeback let it move you no matter what the season throws your way goodyear here to help drive you forward goodyear more driven damian weigh in on this there are people that are saying kevin stefanski is the coach of the year he's gotten the most out of baker mayfield that anybody has and now you extract him from the game on sunday night against pittsburgh the impact of that will be what Huge, huge, you know, because my understanding is not only Kevin Stefanski not going to be available, but there's multiple coaches uh, on the offensive side of the football that's not going to be available as well. So, you know, that's if you look at the matchup, you know, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, you would think that's the side of the ball that, you know, that the Cleveland Browns should feel pretty good about um, because that's where the best personnel is. And now you don't have your head coach who's, who's the play caller, that's not going to be available to your offense, particularly your, your, your young quarterback in, in, in his first playoff game. It's going to be huge. Of the six playoff matchups this weekend, who do you see most likely to pull an upset, Damon? Man, Keith, that's, that's a tough one. Um, I don't, I don't know about an upset, but I can tell you what. I can tell you what, Key. I'm back. I'm back bullish on Baltimore. I'm I'm back bullish on Baltimore. I think Baltimore, they kind of start figuring some things out, and it just seems like this staff has said, Lamar, do what you do. Do what you do. Forget all this noise about you know everybody talking about the passing game with the wide receivers downfield the lack of explosive plays, do what you do. You're the most unique athlete, period, at the quarterback position. And they, they found their mojo. That Baltimore could be scary in, the, in these playoffs. Mm. Woody, what, what coaching vacancy do you think is the most desirable landing spot? You know, I know people are going to say, you know, Jacksonville, uh, for obvious reasons, you got the number one pick. You got a plethora of draft picks. You got the most cap space in the league. Like that—that's desirable. I will. Say, I'm. I'm going to say. 
the Los Angeles Chargers. If you're trying to win now, if you're trying to win now, if you're a coach, look at that situation with Justin Herbert breaking all types of rookie passing records, the personnel that they have at the skill position, at skill position on offense, and players on the defensive side of the football. You get that Chargers offensive line straightened out, watch out. Like, the Chargers can be legit. You mentioned, Damon Woody, you mentioned Jacksonville, the number one overall pick. We obviously have seen Trevor Lawrence, who's declared for the NFL draft, and we've watched him the last three years. And in some big games against big-time opponents outside of his freshman year against Alabama, we've watched him struggle. Are you still, or are you, I don't even know if you were, are you sold on him being that guy in this draft 100%? Key, I don't think, listen, I think the, I think Trevor Lawrence is, is a tremendous young man. He's put together a great resume, collegiate resume. But you can't sit, to me, I don't, I don't care. You can't sit here and tell me that the difference between Trevor Lawrence and, say, Justin Fields is that big. Not after what I saw with comparable teams on the same field. There's no way you can say that it's just, you know, the gap is that big. So, listen, I, I think people, I think most people know what, what Jacksonville is going to do at number one, but to think that, you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to come in and just totally turn that thing around. But let me ask you this, Damon. Do most people know? Because they don't have a general manager or a head coach. So mm-hmm. I, how could you know what – how could you know if, for instance, I don't know, Urban Meyer takes the job in Jacksonville, gets the job in Jacksonville, that Justin Fields is what he wants and not Trevor Lawrence? Or they don't want to sit at one. They want to move out of one because they see they got can get more value. Like, how do we know in the early month of January when the damn draft is in April? Can you right. We don't know. We really don't know because the- – you know this as well as well as I do. All it takes is one. All it takes is one. There could be one guy that comes in there and says, hm, you know, I hear what all of you guys are saying, but through my study and my evaluation, I might like this player better. Or I might might I might like this scenario better. So we don't know. Everyone can say it, but honestly, we don't know until it happens. Fair enough. Damien is, of course, a two-time Super Bowl champion, if you're unaware. And the race for Super Bowl 55 begins on Saturday. Triple header Saturday, triple header Sunday, including the first game Sunday. Ravens-Titans, which you can see on ABC, ESPN, and a plethora of platforms. Every angle covered on the way to crowning in this year of COVID, or now that we've crossed over years, maybe the NFL's most unique Super Bowl champion. Damien, appreciate the insight this morning. Thank you very much. Thanks, D-Wood. All right, you Woody. Key, the right. question, Yo, what up? That's the, me. The, that is you. That is you. <laughs> Unless your son is standing around the corner. Come on, Key, get in here. Now, um, listen, I think the biggest thing is you've hit the nail on the head on something that eventually was going to happen. Even if Trevor Lawrence had won the national championship on Monday night, let's say they had defeated Ohio State and then he had vanquished Alabama for the second time like he did the first time when he handed Nick Saban his worst loss ever with the Tide. He would win the championship on January 11th. 
And we know how sports works. There's a lot of time between January 11th and April 29th when the draft is. It's a long time. So I just think that we have now expedited the scalpel that we're taking out on Trevor Lawrence. Even if he won the championship, we would take it out on Monday. We'd wake up Tuesday and say, you know, we never really faced adversity, so I don't know how he would be in a tight game. We would find something to talk about. I think what you're saying is we've just expedited that talk on Trevor Lawrence. For all the talk that he could be the runaway number one, and Todd McShay is going to join us at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, what you're talking about right now was eventually going to happen anyway. Absolutely, and I have been saying this since we started the show. All right. I, Greg McElroy came on and basically called me a fool, basically without saying it. And, 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 and it's going to happen. You know, it, it, that's just how it is. You see it every single year. There's a guy at the top at the start of the season. And this thing's been with Trevor Lawrence since day one. His freshman year when he beat Alabama, he's going to be the number one pick in the entire draft when he first comes out. That's it. Everybody, oh, number one pick. Whenever the time comes, he's going to be the number one pick to the point where they were saying if he came out his sophomore year, he would be the number one pick overall. Stop. Because, first of all, they list him at 6'4", 220. He ain't 220 pounds, okay? He's not 220. So you start there. When people get their eyes on you and they start looking at you, you're like, man, that dude need to eat. So this is what coaches and general managers and presidents of teams, they do. This is why they have the combine in the senior bowl, so they can poke you. They can see what you are. They need to be able to touch you, feel you, break down the film, sit in the room on those big, long tables with those high books and those boards behind them and talk about can he do this, can he not do that. We don't know what Eric Bieniemy wants. The hottest offensive coordinator Going in the modern era of football, the hottest. People want him up and down the coast as a head coach for teams that are vacant. Key, I think you're exactly right. The only the only thing I would say is that you know people do get enamored with winners. Yes, do get enamored with winners, right? So thirty four and two. The fact that uh, he has only lost two games, and I know you can only play the teams you have in front of you. He hasn't played against the big boys, but what he's done in that that pocket span of time has been so impressive. Do you know who those two losses came against? The big boys. I I understand. And he struggled in the Ohio State game last year that they should have lost if the receiver doesn't stop. This is not a knock on Trevor Lawrence. This is simply trying to explain to people, slow down when he's the number one pick and he's no one even close. We don't know. And I know it's everyone's job to put that information out there, but you got to remember, these coaches, and I'll say it again, the coaches that are making the decisions on what quarterback they want and the general managers have not really seen him up close in person and live because they're trying to win games right now. It's just all I'm saying. Indeed. Just a shout out from two locales. If you're listening in Fargo, North Dakota or Columbus, Ohio this morning, I think they would also say to Jay's point, our quarterbacks take a look at their records. They're winners too. It'll be fascinating. Can't wait to see what happens on the road to April 29th in the NFL draft. Once again, Todd McShay joining us this morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, releasing his first mock draft on Get Up a half hour before with Greeny and company. If you love the draft, stay with us this morning on ESPN and ESPN Radio. On the way... Is eight enough? Eight games in with a new coach and a new GM. You got to be old enough to remember that one. Eight is enough. You got to be old (laughs) enough to remember that one. Is eight enough to declare an NBA team that's been desperately trying to get over the hump 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. That they're finally there. Well, get to that going to be a little bit of a double dose of DC and not anything that happened yesterday. We've spent plenty of time talking about that. I would encourage you to download our podcast if you want to get the fellas thoughts and they have been as honest, passionate and raw as you might expect. And Jay providing the audio, even though he's sitting with us, what a great teammate, the proverbial assist, giving us the audio there with the finger snapping, ready to go. Tom Brady, will he snap back against Chase Young. You might have heard Chase Young. By the way, Chase is 21 years old. Tom Brady has been in the league 21 years. Think about that. 21 years old, 21 years in the league, and he is not afraid to poke the bear or the goat here, Key. Old enough to be his daddy. (laughs) That's right. Um, He essentially said, I want Tom. He's ready to go. And he doubled down. Santana Moss Washington football team radio analyst, knows Chase well, watched him all season long, was on our show yesterday saying Moxie is a good thing. Thank you, John. <laughs> and, you know, he, he, he don't know no better. You know, I've stated that much. You know, um, don't get me wrong, but he's one of those guys. He's one of those guys that, you know, he said it from day one. They asked him coming out of college who that, uh, you know, who was it that he was, um, you know, he, he wanted to face more or <laughs> Who was the quarterback that he wanted to sack the most? And he said, Tom Brady. So now he gets the chance. He'll have that chance Saturday night. He's probably going to be the defensive rookie of the year. And we'll see if Tom Brady goes on the offensive Saturday night. Key told us a story yesterday. When you poke Tom a little bit and you get under his skin, you usually don't win. No, because the coaches, coaches usually side with their quarterbacks to go after you and find you. And Chase Young has now put the back end on a defense in a bad position. Indeed. And we move to the NBA. We told you a double dose of D.C. Bradley Beal scoring 60 in a loss to the Sixers. Philly 141, Washington 136. The 60 points are the third most in NBA history that came in a loss. Devin Booker, you might remember a few years ago, he had 70. And his airness once had 64 also in defeat. The operative number, though, was Joel Embiid's stat line. 60 is something. And by the way, Beal said he was upset after scoring 60. Embiid, anything but. 38, 8, and 5. And the Sixers have the best record in the NBA. Here's Embiid on how it all came together last night. I like to thank that uh, every time I'm on the floor, you know, I want, a, I want a team and I want myself to, be, to do the best job possible. Uh, so, you know, whenever I'm on the floor, uh, you know, I want to elevate my team. Uh, I want to make sure we win games. So when we're in those type of situations, um, you, whatever you want to call it, closer or whatever, I got to do my job. I got to take it over and I got to, you know, gather some wins. 
So, Jay, the Sixers opened the season with a win over the Wizards. That was their first win. They pick up their league-leading seventh win over the same Washington team last night. They are 7-1. and one. It's the best record in the NBA with a complete reboot, as you know, on the bench, and our listeners know, on the bench and in the front office. The 76ers are the best team in the East right now. I mean, when's the last time you thought you would hear us say that? <laughs> a lot of well, the conversation last year was whether Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons can coexist. People were saying, "Hey, look, if I had to pick one, I always said I would pick Ben Simmons." You know, are you going to make that decision? Daryl Morey decided not to move that asset as of yet. Uh, decided to stay with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Has surrounded them with guys like Seth Curry, uh, who can shoot the lights out of the ball. He's had twenty plus points in his last three or four games. And by the way, bringing Doc Rivers on board has really unlocked Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris, a guy that's, the ball's been in his hands. You know, a lot of people are questioning his contract. He got a massive deal, Zubin, a massive deal, but couldn't couldn't have been unlocked last year by Brett Brown. Now he's averaging around 19 points per game, and Joel Embiid's playing at an MVP caliber level. I know we're only eight games in, but damn, this team looks completely different when you have a different coach that demands a different set of standards and you have a GM that is constantly maneuvering to make this team in a position to win the whole thing. Remember remember when they picked up Glenn Rivers, and I had to say that because he doesn't want to be called Doc. So Doc I Rivers, to make I'm sure. sorry. I'm sorry. No, You're I right. just wanted to right. make sure to throw that one in there. Remember when they picked up coach, I said – I kept saying, man, he's going to be a difference maker. And Tobias Harris has familiarity with Coach and his Clipper day, so he understands what to do with him. And this team as a whole, I think a lot of people just assume that the Nets would be the runaway favorite in the Eastern Conference, and the Nets are still going to be there in the end probably with the Sixers. But a coach makes a world of a difference. Can he get Embiid to play better? Can he get Ben Simmons? Yes, because a coach like that, a veteran coach, knows how to get players to play for them. He knows it, and it's clear based on what we're seeing. And we should remind you that Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin is brought to you by Indeed. Are you hiring? You need Indeed. Indeed immediately delivers quality candidates from their resume database when you upgrade your job post. It's that simple. Receive a $75 sponsored job credit on your first post at Indeed.com slash credit. Terms and conditions apply. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin is presented yes. by Progressive Insurance. We are halfway home today, but the energy from the fellas has been unbelievable. And think about it from the Sixers' perspective They cleaned house. They absolutely cleaned house. And you wonder, maybe the biggest story for this organization is yet to come. We know that James Harden played the best basketball of his career under Daryl Morey. Again, the NBA trade deadline is in late March. But keep an eye. Maybe the Sixers add to it. Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers has done an amazing job. Trevor Lawrence chatter on the way. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.